What's going on, folks, and welcome back to the island. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. The NBA playoffs first round is heating up. Every single series is going crazy. We got a lot of series all tied up. We got a few teams making a comeback, a few unexpected. We got New Orleans, Toronto coming back. New Orleans tying it up with Phoenix. A lot of stuff going on there, but most importantly, B's Boston Celtics are the first team to move on to the second round after sweeping Katie and Kyrie in the Nets. We got a lot to talk about recapping that series and we'll obviously go through all of the other series as well and see where they're at and give our analysis on each of those series thus far heading into around game five, game sixes of each series. So keep it locked. Got a lot of playoff talk coming your way and don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis and welcome back to the island ladies and gentlemen i'm all smiles right now the celtics get the sweet first team in the league this round i'm super am jay how are we feeling over there <laughs> i mean i think i think we're both feeling pretty good after last night i'll leave it at that but i mean for your celtics you got to be feeling real good after that to, to sweep after a series that I, I, I gotta be real like that was probably the most entertaining sweep I think I've ever seen in my life I don't think we've ever seen a sweep that's been actually entertaining usually just straight domination but in a way it actually was straight domination but we'll get to that in a little bit but I'm just happy the Nets are going home man and the, and the, the Sixers are in the mix of a potentially blowing like the biggest lead in NBA playoff history so there's a lot to get to Let's do it. Let's what? Let's start with the Celtics. One, we got to start. We got to start. Well, hold on. Uh, what angles do we start with? I think we got to start with the actual Celtics because I think too many dudes on media and whatever are talking about are, Brooklyn are yeah. talking about what's wrong with Brooklyn, what's wrong with Katie, what's wrong with yeah. Kyrie. Nah, Agreed. like that's a little disrespectful. It Agreed. Really is. This Celtics team switches one through five, and they literally gave in my players in the league. To, in terms of putting the ball in the basket, they gave those two guys hell all series. Each of them had one good game, and that was it. And I'm I I was trying to think. I'm like, when was the last time we saw a defense this good? Because I think they're gonna do the same thing to Giannis. And if this has a real potential, if they get because of the way their seating is based on, and they got Brooke Bucky, then whoever it is, and in, in the finals. It could really, by the end of it, we could be talking about one of the, one of the greatest defenses in the history of the league. Possibly. I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. This is, I want to know what the hell Idoka's running in practice with these guys. Because, like, the way that the Celtics have gotten progressively better throughout the year defensively to the fact that, like you just said, two of the most explosive offensive players in basketball, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and the way people were talking about it is as if, like, I think a few people went on to say this is the worst they've seen Kevin Durant offensively, that he just can't get anything going because he was consistently double teamed. The Celtics were all over him. The way Jason Tatum was guarding him was unbelievable. Jalen Brown was incredible, too. Like, the entire team, the way that these guys are playing, they're swarming guys, they're under the rim, they're getting boards. This Celtics team, and again, we were talked about for the longest time, and it's weird. We don't usually talk about defense winning championships as much in basketball. It's more so we talk about that in football. But this year, I think more than ever, we're going to see it. And if Milwaukee is able to finish off Chicago tonight, be this going to be a fun-ass series between Milwaukee and Boston. Well, honestly, the most impressive piece has to be Tatum. Oh, yeah. I've had, you know, my view on Tatum, and I was I've literally said this since he's been drafted. I'm like, I hope he- Carmel in green. I hope he's just super talented offensively, but doesn't do anything else. This series, I was, this is like, honestly, the second half of the year, right? Because I'm, I watch every single game, second half of the year onwards. And then this series, he really solidified it because he's guarding. I've never seen anybody guard Katie as well as Tatum did. Like, this is like peak Kawhi level stuff on the defensive end. Yeah. Plus, you throw in the fact where, Trying to blitz him, throwing doubles at Find wide open Grant Williams in the corner, finding the hoop wide open Pritchard, finding all these dudes. 
getting the 10 assists. And it's like he didn't even really have, you know, that game scoring-wise. Last year he had a 40-point game, a 50-point game in the playoffs. He didn't have that crazy game, but he was still impacted the game more than anybody else on the floor without scoring crazy. And that's this is the Tatum I've been waiting for because we know who he is on offense. Can he do make his team is better, and can he play defense? And he's honestly going to go and say he, him and Giannis are the two best two-way players in the league right now. I know a lot of people have been hesitant to put Jason Tatum as one of the top players in basketball. If Boston makes a run to the finals this year, come on. It's not even a discussion anymore. Like, But, like, at least for me personally, Tatum has always been, when, at least within the last, like, two, three years, the guy's been incredible. I don't know why people, like, don't see him as a star. The guy is a star. Like, there really shouldn't be a discussion anymore. That's, he is a no, star. But now we've been waiting for the, the superstar part. Where you That's can, fair. where you can do this because you know a star. I'm like, you know what is he was a he to me he was a borderline. He was an all star, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure if he was the number one guy on a championship team. Now yeah. he is. Now I can totally see it. Oh, absolutely, and we'll see that right. Obviously, this is just the first round, but because of who they beat and in the fashion that they beat them makes it all that more impressive. Which is why we're talking about it. But then again, it is just the first round. Let's see how they progress throughout these playoffs. And if they do, it's just it's just going to keep getting better and better for Jason Tatum. But not only that, I also want to highlight some other players who I thought had a fantastic series. You called out Al Horford last week. I thought his presence was amazing considering um, Robert Williams has been fairly limited in this series and hasn't gotten a lot of run only in the last game or well, last game of the game before that, only a little bit, right? Al Horford was phenomenal. If at the age that he is coming in here, being active on the boards, running back and forth. And the other guy that I was ridiculously impressive throughout the series is Marcus Smart. And you, you've, sure. been ta- you've been talking about Marcus Smart all year long, but of course you watch a whole lot more Boston than I do. But in this series that I've seen, I'm like, Marcus Smart is playing fantastic. And rightfully so. I can't even remember. I don't think we called it out last week. Congratulations to Marcus Smart on winning defensive player of the year this season. And he showed it in this Brooklyn series. He was phenomenal. He keeps that up. You look at this lineup, man. Tatum's doing his thing. We we were just talking about that. He's leading this squad. Horford's giving you great minutes up there. He's getting you double-digit points. That's huge. You got Tice. You got two big boys down low. Marcus Smart doing his thing. And then Jalen Brown in there getting you double digits as well. And they got Grant Williams and Derek White off the bet. Like, this dude, I see what you've been saying all year. <laughs> I see what you've been saying all year. This, And I cannot wait. And it looks like all signs are pointing towards Milwaukee. If they're able to close out Chicago, this this is the test. This is the test. Um, the, you, you know what? I think from, you know, the growing pains they had at the start of the year, I mean, it took a huge adjustment, right? Then no you question. go and to basically at the end of the year, you know, um, last pretty much the second half of the season, the last 41 games of the season, they're the best offense in the league and the best defense in the league. But people were still like, you know, let's wait and see kind of thing. Then they kind of proved it when they weren't ducking Brooklyn, right? They wanted Brooklyn, and they said, let's 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 do it. And, and they literally they, bodied and then, them. And then they sweep them. When every, I didn't see anybody on TV really even saying this series was going anything less than seven. I saw a lot of people. I think I saw more. Um, then, you know, they don't duck them play have the most fantastic game plan it's just like everybody's bought in right now marcus smart being the point guard which is like he's been on the team for eight years and he's never had a chance to run the show as the point guard which is you know they had isaiah thomas they had Harry, they, they just kept trying kemba they kept trying all these different guards and they're just literally sitting there and they just kept you know him off ball playing the two but now you put him at the one I don't, nobody can, now it's like you can't, nobody on the other team's hunting them, right? Before Kemba was religiously, Kyrie was getting yep. hunted on defense. Isaiah Thomas was getting, now you have Marcus Smart there and it's not the Marcus Smart that's throwing up irrational charts. This is Marcus Smart is playing his role. He's playing the best ball of his And this Celtics team, man, I, if I, this, and 
if I this is let's say my ideal situation, right? But yeah, I think we got to talk about um, KD a little bit here because I think I was thinking about this. 2011 is the worst series I've ever seen from a superstar, a super superstar. This KD one right here, I think it's top two. I think it's those two series are the worst series I've ever seen from a superstar. What was the last one? This one and what was the, what was the previous the one? The LeBron, the LeBron one in 2011 in the finals. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's fair. And that was also like he was young, young during that one. But this, this one, it's like, and rightfully so, everyone's talking about how poor the Brooklyn Nets were, and it's not even like, like they were that poor, and like these were close games. It's not like they weren't like, you know, they lost by four in, in game four. They lost by one in game one. Like these were close games and KD was doing his thing. But this this had so much more to do with what has gone on all season long with Brooklyn. This is not, you know, just a recent thing. First of all, let's begin with the fact that they're the seven seed. <laughs> like something clearly would have had to gone wrong for them to be the seven seed and then play in the play-in tournament when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your team. The problem is... They didn't have Kyrie Irving on the team 50% of the time. That's number one. Number two, you trade James Harden to Philadelphia, which honestly, we'll, we'll get to that trade later on in this episode because I feel like it was a lose-lose for both hey, teams. Honestly, Seth Curry might be the best player in that trade. I, I can agree with that. I can literally agree with that. Like You're not far off with that at all because Harden, we'll get to the Philly series in a little bit, Harden has not really made much of an impact. Simmons Simmons made the same amount of impact on the Brooklyn Nets season as much as you and I have. Nothing. Probably worse, honestly, because of all the drama around it. Like, that's only a negative. I was telling you, remember, I was like, there's no way this dude's going to play back. If they, when they were like, back and coming back. There's no way this fragile dude is gonna come back and play out basketball. Then, in game one, we saw this game one was like one of the game ones I've ever seen. And you're telling me, dude, who hasn't played basketball in one year is gonna play, just walk right into this series? Like that doesn't make right. That just yeah. doesn't make no sense, right? He's just walk back into this super intense series. So then you're like, okay. Then he posts a video of him dunking. And you're like, yep, I'm targeting a game four. Like, bro, you're not going to play. You're going to play, what, even if you do come in, which is not going to happen, you're going to play 15 minutes in a super intense thing and be the savior to Katie and Kyrie and guard Jason Tatum after a year sitting on the couch? Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, I don't know why people thought this dude was going to play. It's ridiculous. And on top of the fact that, like, he just didn't play, it's like, yes, you're, sh- you're posting a video of you dunking. If you can dunk, you should be playing for your team. I don't understand that. Like, I, if you can dunk, what do you mean your back hurts? You did a dunk. If your back hurts, dude, you, you shouldn't even be able to, like, walk straight. He walked straight. He walked perfectly fine with his fancy-ass suit and sitting on the bench and stuff. Ben Simmons is mind-boggling to me. This is two years now. It seems like there's a lot more than just this quote-unquote back injury or whatever it is, but he's just he's just costing the team. He costed Philly last year, and he really costed, bro. Like, he could have definitely made an impact. I don't know if it would have made that impact. I think Boston probably still would have won the series if he played, but, like, he could have helped his team, and that's your job, to help your team. Like, Ben Simmons makes no sense, and then you got Kyrie and his issues, and KD... I know a lot of people have kind of talked about it already, like today and yesterday, of the fact that KD has been really exhausted because of Kyrie not being there and then, you know, all that other stuff. But, and I I agree with that. I honestly agree with that because KD should not play the amount of minutes that he is because he's the guy's just, he's just gassed. And he, he actually said it last year. He literally said it to the media, I'm exhausted. And I think it was this season he said it too. He said it both times. He's like literally saying, I am exhausted. And that's your star player saying that. If your star player saying that, you got to do something. And then Ness just didn't do something. There's clearly a massive issue within there. It's something Steve Nash has got to figure out. Something KD's got to figure out. Them as a team have got to figure out a proper plan of action going forward because it's just not working. Kyrie being selfish. Simmons being selfish. It's, just, it's not helping. 
honestly, the moment someone said the moment someone said Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are be on the same basketball team, that's just a recipe for disaster right then and there. And for Brooklyn, this was a literally an absolute disappointment, really an embarrassment to be swept in the first round. And I would say, I'm like, yo, this dude's gonna have to play 46 minutes a game against that defense yep. while guarding Tatum. Like that yep, is you did. an impossible task to do. That's why he would. I, I don't know if you guys like. Him and Kyrie, by the time it was the fourth quarter in these games, and all of these games are close in, in the fourth quarter, like they weren't even shooting anymore. Like, or they weren't even really looking to shoot. And it was like they were so exhausted before they even catch the ball, right? They're getting hit four times. Plus, they're having to guard, like, Kyrie's getting hunted out on the other end. KD at first was guarding Tatum, and then they kind of switched it around. But, like, they're just, they're not at that point in their careers. Um, but I don't, I don't feel any empathy for KD because I'm like, this is what, this is what you did. You left the most ideal situation in Golden State, and you picked out of all the dudes in the league. Yeah, I want to play with Kyrie. You picked Kyrie, and then you brought in your boy Harden from your OKC days. You're like, yo, come play with me. Harden doesn't show up in shape. That, that's on Harden. But you wanted to play with him. You made the trade work, and then you like, okay, fine, let's get rid of him. And then Ben Simmons is here. Ben Simmons is a no-show. Like, I'm not giving him any slack for this because I'm like, in my mind, it's the same thing as, yo, LeBron Watt basically traded for Westbrook. You can't complain about Westbrook being shit, right? This is the exact same situation to me. Yeah, no, it's definitely similar. And I honestly think it's almost kind of satisfying knowing that the Nets and the Lakers both combined for zero playoff wins this season. I think that's absolutely hilarious for two squads that everyone thought, oh, it's going to be the Nets and the Lakers the last two years, and neither happened. I think it's absolutely hilarious. So I'm glad both of them are going home. But exactly your point, KD choosing Kyrie, like, dude, that's that's on you for doing that. That's on you for choosing Harden. You I'll be honest, the most selfless dude in the league, superstar-wise, is Steph Curry, and you went to the two most selfish ones in the league. Exactly. But honestly, I mean, from a fan point of view, I'm happy he left. I am happy he left Golden State because he just ruined everything when he went to Golden State. But it just but it's even worse because he goes to Brooklyn. And you're thinking the same thing. Oh, Brooklyn's going to take over. But it just didn't work. It shows exactly to your point how self how selfless Steph Curry is as a basketball player because it worked. They won two championships. So clearly something worked there. Anytime you've teamed up with. Russ and Harden and Kyrie, three guys that are incredible talents but have no leadership qualities whatsoever. You haven't won nothing. Really, you should have. Honestly, KD, Harden, and Westbrook should have won one. KD and, and Westbrook, just the two of them, should have won, should have had one. They and were up K- 3-1 against Golden State exactly. in the Western Conference Finals. Exactly. That's exactly the year I'm alluding to. They, they had that one in the bag. Harden and Houston, they had it in the bag as well when they had CP3. and Gl- They all had their opportunities, and they just have not been able to seize them. It's unfortunate, but oh well, it is what it is for, for Brooklyn. But they got a lot of a lot of issues to sort out off the court and on the court too, but mainly off the court because it really starts there, and they're all admitting it. But I don't know, man. They just, I just don't get the sense that Brooklyn wants it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't think they have the guys that are like, I I want it. You know what I'm saying? Boston, you can tell. Boston was like, I freaking want it. They play with heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can tell that when you have as good as a defense as the Boston Celtics do, you're playing with heart and hustle. And that's what they're doing. Brooklyn just is like, yeah, we got swept. Too bad. All right. Guess we'll come back next year and figure it out. You know, we didn't gel at the right time. Like, give me, I wonder why you didn't gel at the right time, Kyrie. It's, a, it's an amazing question. I have no idea why y'all didn't gel. And we'll throw back to when they first signed Steve Nash. They were like, we don't really need a coach. We just need somebody there, right? <laughs> so like it's backyard basketball. Give like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's literally not. Like, you don't just pull up to the rec center, have the two best players exactly. on the team. And just win. That's not how the NBA works. Big. That's a big W for the basketball karma gods for letting this team get swept. And they avoid. Oh, yeah. the, and they avoid the Scott Foster special too. That Tatum phantom foul to get fouled out. Yeah. The, the Scott Foster yeah, thing man. almost. Uh, they tried it. It didn't work. That's big dub for the basketball gods. But um, let's move on here. Let's hit yours. Sixers wrap. So I. <laughs> I'm not. 
Man, I, I ain't even going to lie. I cannot even believe it's 3-2 right now. I thought we'd be sitting here by now and be like, oh, man, the Raptors, they got their playoff experience. It was good experience for this team. They got in the playoffs. You know, the Sixers look good and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my goodness, B, do we have a series or what? I can't believe this, man. I, like, all of, like, we, the Raps could lose Thursday night, and I would still be like, well, man, I'm just happy they made it a series. But if the Raptors play the way that they have the last two, honestly, the Raptors should be up 3-2. I'm not even going to, like, everybody and their mama knows that. The Raptors played awesome in game three, and it came down to a stupid Joel Embiid uh, last no, no, second no, no, three. No, no, no. Hold on. It was that's, an amazing shot. That's an amazing fully shot. on Nick Nurse. That is fully. That game three is the was the worst coached game from both sides, especially in, in overtime. Time. I I'll I've agree seen with in that. A long time. I will agree with that. When do you ever? Yeah, there's point nine seconds on the clock. When do you yeah. ever not put somebody long as hell on to guard the inbound pass and not make it a perfect pass? Right? Yeah, that was like bad. you take off Fred VanVleet. What is Fred VanVleet going to disrupt Embiid's shot? Like that's not going to happen. Like he doesn't yeah. even see Embiid. That's a chair, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So that game three, uh, and honestly from Philly too, Doc Rivers like that. <laughs> Philly had like five possessions in a row where it went down to the end of the shot clock. Um, that was beautiful, uh, horrible basketball. But there's a lot in this because I have a feel. I I kind of see like, actually, let's start with this. I did not think Scotty Barnes was gonna play. Neither did I. I didn't think he should have played. I thought you're down three zero. This guy was just in a boot. I'm not putting my future out in the, back in this series in case he gets hurt. So I didn't think he was gonna play. I wouldn't have played him. But this goes back to the Ben Simmons thing. If you're hurt, play – like, if Ben Simmons suited up, then Chuck was saying this. If Ben Simmons suited up, checked in for five minutes and said, yo, I'm not feeling well, who cares? That's like you got all the respect of your teammates Yeah, now. at least you gave it a shot. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. fair. We can't say anything. But, like, the fact that you don't even try, you know what I mean? But Scotty yeah. Barnes just getting in that lineup just gave this team a boost. And then you add in the fact that Van Vliet – be, who has not had a good series at all. No, like Max, he's not. Maxi was lighting not. him up, offensively not doing well. Him being out and Scotty Barnes being in, this is what I'm trying to say. This lineup here is kind of like the Celtics, where you got five dudes. They can switch everything now. And what has Maxi done since Van Vliet's been out? Nothing. Nothing. Since since those first two games, he's done jack all. Because you got now you got a lot of length on him, right? Now you yeah. got a dude in Scotty Barnes checking him. You got Gary Trank going to switch. You got who's feeling a little bit better. You got OG. You got so much yeah. length on the perimeter now. Yeah. Now we have a series. And I think that Fred Van Vliet thing was kind of a blessing in disguise. I don't think he was the right dude for this series. Clearly, I think it was a bad matchup for him because you're right. He he did not have a good series. I don't think he was feeling it. I know he came into the series a little banged up and then just got even more banged up. But you're right. It's like This Raps team's playing so much different. And I, I, I've learned, not just me, I think we all learned a lot about who Scotty Barnes is. I think we all learned a lot about him in the regular season and what he can Rookie be. Rookie of the for, year, man. Exactly, of what he can be for the Toronto Raptors. But exactly to your point, when you're down 3-0 in a series and you're hurt, that was not, you know, a little tweak of an angle. No, you, you, got, you had Joel Embiid step on your foot and then twist it. That's going to hurt for a few days. He would have missed, missed a month in the regular season. No, he didn't get to take his time. But the fact that he has come in here in his rookie year, play during while being injured, and the fact that the Raps have now won two games and have made this a series, I learned a lot about Scotty Barnes. And that dude is not a kid. That dude is exa- honestly, Masai hit a friggin' home run, a grand slam with this draft pick for the way that Scotty Barnes has played this year. Not even, not even the, exactly to what you just said. It's the little things in the playoffs. It's not you don't have to go out there and drop thirty every night. Doc, he had like to, what four points, six points, but it was like points at, last night. But no, like no, no, even the that, first game he came back, he had like four points or six points or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, but just you being there, you know, that's exactly. all it takes sometimes. Re-energizes the crowd, man. The crowd was into it. He got the the rookie of the year award. Like it, that kind of stuff just gets you going. But exactly that, it's. The ra- And just like how I talked about with your Celtics playing with heart, good Lord have mercy the Toronto Raptors play with so much freaking heart every single time. And it's like, like, I know at the beginning of the year we were like, yeah, you know, they're young, they're going to be scrappy, but, you know, I, you know, probably play a tournament, not going to be up. They did what the Raptors always do, and they 
they exceed their expectations, get 48 wins, get the five seed. And then honestly, a lot of a lot of us thought that they were going to give Philly a run for their money. And the first two games were atrocious. Game three, they led wire to wire until, yeah, the epic overtime fail. And then now all of a sudden you're like, we're not out of it. What young team, like I, I honestly cannot recall a young team like this that has been down 3-0 that has looked each other in the mirror and said, we're not done yet. I have never seen a team like this, at least from my own recent memory. There probably might have been a team. You could probably tell me if I'm wrong. But at least from my recent memory, I can't remember a team down 3-0 that has looked. And they, it, 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 there is no Kawhi Leonard. There is no Kyle Lowry. There, is, You know what I'm saying? There is no, like, significant. This is a really young ball club with a Kem Birch, a OG, a Gary Trent, a Pascal Siakam. These are really good supporting players but they don't have that superstar. But yet, they are going toe-to-toe with probably the MVP in basketball this year, James Harden, and a pretty decent supporting cast that really is not living up to their expectations right now. And the Raptors are looking in the face and they're saying, yeah, we were down 3-0, and now you got to go to our house and, and, try, and try to close us out. It's This series completely flipped from this being Philly- this is their time. This is Embiid's time. And harder that the Sixers are just going to blow past the Raptors. All of a sudden, in two games, now we're talking about the Raptors are playing with fire. This is real freaking dangerous for Philadelphia, man. Real dangerous. Hey, and you know what? They got to come back here. So no Thibel. But Yep, that too. Uh, you know what the crowd's going to be. This thing's going to be rocking. But Holy hold shit. Hold on. I, I don't even think... I think Philly needs to win there because... If this gets to a seven, I think there's going to be weight. I don't even think they can do it. I, they'll ha- they'll be at home. They'll have home court, whatever. But I think it'll be way too much pressure. So I think if they're going to close it, it's got to be in six. And I don't think – I mean, that it's going to be a tough ask too. Oh, yeah. Because Embiid's dumb, man. I think that for real is bothering Killing him. Yep. He's not looked the same at all. And that was the same um, injury Jalen Brown had last year um, when he missed the first round. He missed like the last 14 games of the year or something with that thumb. So, uh, and Bede's not missing any time, but he does not. And it's on a shooting hand too, right? So, I yeah. don't know. They got, but yo, if Doc Rivers blows this. <laughs> Doc, man, I'd, I'd probably just retire. <laughs> Honestly, like how many, how many blown series leads can you have, man? Dude, Harden got a, like, this is like. You put in Harden and Doc Rivers in the same room, and you expected something different. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know, man. This is like Thursday. I'll tell you, like the city's feeling the energy. I know the raps are feeling a whole ton of momentum right now. Like I would have never guessed this like four days ago. Never, never would have guessed this with the way that, and especially with Fred going down. Like you said, ended up being a blessing in disguise. You're thinking, oh man, our leaders down. Mm-hmm. This is tough. And yet it, it just helped. And I got to shut up. Precious was awesome uh-huh, last yeah. night off the bench. He was phenomenal. Sometimes Precious has these games where he just plays super stupid or some games he plays with <laughs> so much fight. Last yep. night was that game. And he was huge off the bench. The Raptors need that. They need that, that guy off the bench to help them. And Precious has been that dude. And even Dad Young kind of comes in and he doesn't do a ton, at least statistically. But he comes in and kind of gives a little energy too. But... Good Lord, Thursday night's going to be fun, man. Fun atmosphere in the six. You think they do it? I th- hey, man, the Raps are capable of anything, man. This is a team you literally can never count out this team. They amaze me, man. I don't, I don't know how the hell they do it, but I, I got to also got to get, I know Nick, I know Nick Nurse, could, this could, and we talked about this last week too, right? We're saying, look, looking at this coach's coaching matchup, like somebody's going to. It's worth gonna, a game or two. Exactly. Right? And, Doc right now is screwing up the last two games. So he is feeling the most pressure. But if Nick Nurse didn't screw up at the end of game three, the Raptors could, the Red, the Thursday night could have been a closeout game for the Raptors, right? So exactly how we, we talked about it, of how the coaching matchup is going to play an impact, it already has for sure. But I, I think the Raps can totally pull this off, man, because Philly looks rattled. They don't look like they got a lot of energy. Last night, I was like, dude, like, I feel like the Raptors are just like playing. Like I don't even know who they're playing. They're not playing the Sixers. I I don't. At least this might be an over exaggeration. I just don't think the Sixers are that good. Honestly, and I know Embiid. Embiid is that. You're good, not getting. You're not but getting. But the Sixers. But you're not seeing 
and B though, right? That's the thing. That's it. I agree. Like, I agree. B's got to be sixty percent, seventy percent of what he yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because it revolves around him, right? So when, when Embiid's playing better, everybody's and you playing can, better. And you saw it in the first two games when Maxi's getting looks, Danny Green's mm-hmm. getting looks, yeah. right? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. No, that's that's a great point. That is a great point. But holy, there's there, there's they're gonna be fun. But let's uh let's we'll see what happens there. That should be a fun one. Let's let's keep it rolling. Let's go. So we got Bucks, Bulls, three one, and then Heat and the Hawks also at three one. But the Heat don't no Jimmy buckets, no Kyle Lowry for Game Five tonight. Yep. I mean they've done a crazy good job on Trey Young. Trey Young had that one game winner, but he and Bogdanovich have just been completely neutralized. Um, I don't really think the the Heat – I mean, Jimmy Butler is playing like bubble Jimmy Butler again, you know? Like he's playing like, you know, what he had, 40 the other day, 45 the other day, another big scoring game the next game. And he's just shutting me up because I didn't think they had this dude at all. Yeah, no, Jimmy Butler has had a series for Miami, but now they don't. He's not playing in this game. This is a a good, a really good opportunity for Atlanta to try and get back into this series. But Miami, they play really well as a team. And I don't know if this, with no Jimmy Butler, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of come together and play this game. But Jimmy Butler has been that dude in this series. But you're right, Trey Young, Nothing. the Haw- the Hawks you know won what it one is? game, and yeah. it was Trey Young doing the his game. thing in the fourth quarter. But it's Gabe Vincent has done an amazing job on him. Like He's that not is, bad. He has done it a crazy good job. You know, I was thinking, and they're honestly hunting him, which I've been – last year I was saying it every single series. I'm like, yo, why aren't dudes hunting Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Bogdanovich? Like those are three dudes that are huntable. And Miami's finally doing it. And this is honestly um, – like it's kind of like how Boston was – you know, when Brooklyn goes to a three-guard lineup with Curry, Patty Mills, and Kyrie. Like uh, two of those, three of those dudes are high school height. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to get bullied. And that didn't happen to the Hawks last year, but now it's happening. And you see, guys, that's why Jimmy Butler is scoring points like he is because there's nobody on that dude. DeAndre Hunter had a very nice defensive play at the end of that one game, but DeAndre Hunter's just one dude. Like you, one dude doesn't make up for this really bad Atlanta team. Um, defensively, at least they have talent on offense, and this has honestly been kind of the like you know, the Trey Young when he first came into the league and they weren't winning until Nate McMillan came in, yeah, basically slapped them into shape and said, Yo, play good basketball, like stop taking these 40 footers, play like actual basketball here. I feel like Trey Young has reverted back to uh, the old self again because it's just like I don't know, like he's getting locked up, but it's also like he's not helping them, like he doesn't adapt his game anyway yeah that's fair to say and i think you got to give miami a lot of credit for shutting him down as well right because i think last year they played the knicks in the first round the knicks did not have a lot of playoff experience at all so that's kind of exactly and atlanta also so it was kind of an even series it was a better matchup here you're the eighth seed taking on a very experienced miami team with a ton of guys with a ton of playoff experience right that kind of changes things so Miami's done a great job, and I I don't know they're playing at home tonight. I think even without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, I think I think they'll find a way. I think these these dudes are enough. Like I I knew nothing about. I mean I knew a little bit about Gabe Vincent before, but like not a ton. I didn't know nothing about the Struce dude. Max Struce. Yeah, right, I didn't yeah. I didn't know anything about a lot of these dudes off the bench for Miami, but they're Miami, good. The, Miami just develops these men. Yeah. they just spawn out of nowhere. Like Duncan Robinson, all of a sudden. Duncan, that's ago, another one. Yeah, right. Comes out of nowhere. Tyler Hero, I mean, he was a lottery pick, but we're still like, yeah, is he going to be good or not? You know, yeah. he developed. Miami just develops these dudes. And this, is, and this is a team with Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. Like, what squad has a guy like that coming off the bench? So Miami's got a lot of depth. I think they'll find a way to do it. But I, I, I honestly think in the Eastern Conference, man, when I look at it, I just got a feeling that. Milwaukee polishes off Chicago. I think the winner of that Celtics Bucks series is is going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the thing with this series, though, is we don't know. Chris Middleton, I think they said two to three weeks, and it was weird because they were. It was a tie. Like after DeRozan's trash first game, he comes in the second game. They steal it, 
that he drops like 40 something and we're like oh and then chris middleton gets hurt and it's 1-1 and we're like oh my god we got a series um and grayson allen just balls out and DeRozan goes back to playoff DeRozan we know for the last two games we got a 3-1 here i think see that if Middleton is a known Celtics killer, an absolute known Celtics killer, if he's not there in that series, oh, man. Oh, man. Because now, he, I, to me, as a Celtics fan, I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, we shut down the two best scorers in the league. There's nobody we can't guard. That's definitely a subplot if the Bucks play the Celtics with no Chris Middleton. That's huge. Chris Middleton's a massive part of what the Bucks do again. It's it, like it is a big deal right now, but the Bucks are are good enough to beat Chicago without him. You know what I'm saying? And again, Grayson Grayson Allen, I'm actually shocked that he even had the game that he did against Chicago. That's pretty crazy. But Grayson Allen's not bad. He's not a bad player when you got him coming off the bench. You got Connaughton off the bench. Like they have dudes that can fill in right now, but against Boston, that's a different story. Um, Chicago, this series is going honestly exactly how I anticipated. I just thought Chicago would have got their win at home, not on the road. So they stole that one. That was an but, impressive win. Honestly, the first two games in Milwaukee were impressive showings from Chicago. They were. That's what I'm saying. Game one, they kept it close. I mean, they let it get away from them late in the game, but they kept it close. So Chicago, yeah, they're, they're a scrappy team. They're young, but they're not going to be. Milwaukee in the series. Milwaukee should be able to finish this off. So I don't take too much into this series, but definitely if the Bucks move on, that Chris Middleton injury is definitely something to to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on. Because he closes the games too, right? Like when they need oh, a yeah. shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they don't go to Giannis when you need a shot. Yep, they go, they go to Middleton. So yeah, I agree definitely. though. I think the winner of that series is coming out the East. But um, let's hit the West here. Let's start with let's start with Book, man. This Phoenix team does not look the same at all without him. And a weird hamstring injury. They said, what? What did they say? Two weeks for him? But it's a, hamst- so. a hamstring, dude, you just you just don't know, right? Like, it can, it can yep. linger all postseason. He can come back in, you know, the Western Conference Finals, whatever, go crazy, and then in the finals, all of a sudden, it comes back. Like, it is – that is the worst injury you can have. And you saw, I think it was the game that Burker got hurt. Chris Paul took over, did his thing. Then the next game, Chris Paul tried to do it again and take over. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He could not take over. And Phoenix has been like the best clutch team in all of basketball this year. But Chris Paul couldn't do it two nights in a row because he's 37 years old, right? Oh, and, yeah. on the, and on the other side, you have a bright new star finally getting his playoff light and Brandon Ingram going crazy. Yep. I think we got a real series here. The Pelicans are a good team, and I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I, I think we all knew they were a good team, but to take advantage to to be able to take advantage of not having a Devin Booker there, I think is really impressive. What the Pelicans have been able to to let alone get one. I I said it last week. I'm like, if they get one, I'm like, damn, I'm impressed. To get two and to tie up this series two two, and now it's a best of three, putting a Phoenix team that has been the best team in basketball all year long and it's not even been close and for new orleans to just come in here when really they had no business even being in the playoffs in the beginning winning the play-in tournament and now giving the phoenix suns a run for their money the the pelican season is already a success like if they they lose the next two games it's already a success for what they've been able to do but the the crazy part is again like i just said the pelicans are actually good you got CJ finally got, I said this last hey. week, actually getting a chance to lead a team. And he's playing, like, he's, I think, for a young squad like the Pelicans, exactly like the stabilizing leader they needed. Yeah, absolutely. Right? JV in the middle. I don't know why Memphis ever got rid of him. for Steve, And Steven Adams is not bad, but, like, he has really been a factor in that Timberwolves series at all. JV's up here putting up 26 points, getting a double-double in, the, in last night's game or Sunday night's game. Um, you got... Brandon Ingram, like you just said, balling Going out, crazy. getting 30 points in game and you know, four. And you know what's the crazy part is to me as like the reason I liked Phoenix so much was because of their swing guys, right? They had Mikel yes. Bridges, who was yep. probably second in defensive player of the year. They yep. have a Cam Johnson you can throw at him. A Jay Crowder can beat you up. And all three of those guys are letting Brandon Ingram, who weighs 120 pounds, light them up for 37 or whatever it was. 
Yeah, it, it it's it's wild. And then Chris Paul only had four points in Game Four as well. Um, so Game Five will go tonight in Phoenix. So whew, it should it should be something else. And then you know who else is having a really good, at least on the de- defensive side, not really much on the offensive side. Jose Alvarado off the bench. Yeah, he was he was sick at Georgia Tech. I think it was last uh-huh. year. Yeah, was last year. He, he, and when I saw him at Georgia Tech, I was like, this guy's gonna find a way into his league. I I kept telling everybody around me, I'm like. He's going to find a way into the league. He might go undrafted, but he's just going to claw his way. He kind of out CP3 and CP3 yesterday or the last game. Yes. He really did. Like yes. just being an annoying dude on that side of the ball. Plus you got Herbert Jones, who's honestly mm-hmm. amazing on like with a young team like that. And you got, so you got like Herbert Jones, who's a second round pick Alvarado. I can't remember if he got drafted or not, but those two rookies, when you're a rookie, you come in, what do you want to do? You want to take shots. You want to, yep. Right on, a, especially on a bad team. You, this team had no expectations coming in. These two guys playing their role, like right off the bat, is what made this team successful. That they Pelicans, they they got they got some good stuff going on over there. They do, and it's even more crazy that they're doing it all without Zion. Like it's 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 amazing. I feel like I feel like if they had Zion, I think it would ruin the chemistry that they have. So the Pelicans, they got a lot of great things going for them, but for for Phoenix. I'm kind of looking at this series right now, and it's like, all right, yes, we're tied. We're back at home. Let's get this one, and let's just get out of this series. That's the that, that's my thing for Phoenix. It's like, even if it takes seven, let's just get out of the series because I think they're all aware that they don't have Devin Booker. They know New Orleans is a good team. So it's like, we got to find a way to grind out these last few games and try to close this out and move on to the next round. Survive in advance, right? And Because I think Phoenix... I'll be honest, like, I think they definitely knew with Book going down, they're like, shoot, like, we're in trouble. But at the same time, we're, they're like, we're, we're Phoenix. You know, we got Jay Crowder. We got Cam Johnson and Bridges and Aiton, you know, CP3. You know, this is, this is a good, a good battle right? campaign. This is a good, this is a good basketball team. But yet the Pelicans are still giving them a run for their money. So for, if I'm, if I'm Phoenix, I'm looking to say, look, we've been the best team in basketball all year long. Let's just find a way to close this out. Find a way to do it. And then you look at the coaching matchup, Willie Green and Monty Williams, two good friends. Willie Green's been awesome for New Orleans. Phenomenal stuff, what he's been able to do. So kudos to the Pelicans, and this should be a very interesting end of series. If they, if the Pelicans find a way to win this series, would you put this up there as one of the biggest upsets in NBA playoff history? I can't do it if the best player in the series gets hurt. That's fair. That's a good point. That is a good point. Okay. It's a, it definitely would not be. So yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. With, that's a great that's point. That's also my, because he's probably in the top five for MVP of the, of the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, the yeah. same thing. So I'm like, the Toronto thing, if Toronto ends up coming back from, from three down, yeah. still impressive, oh, still impressive, yeah. 100%. But the MB, but like MB, sure. if MB 60% of his MVP form, like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, there's, absolutely. Absolutely. They wouldn't be of, you know, in this position without him. So like, you can't, it's, it's weird. They're both going to be crazy upsets if it happens, but like, yeah, yeah, the best yeah. player is the best player for a reason. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's totally fair. So I wouldn't say it'd be, a, I think it would still be up there, but no question. It would not be, and there's no way you can put, you could possibly classify it as being the best because Devin Booker was hurt. So that, that's completely valid. But even if New Orleans finds a way to pull this off, it will definitely be up there of one of the biggest upsets. Because, because you know what? If they, because the next round they're gonna play the winner of Dallas um, and Utah of, of Dallas and Utah, and I mean, I like Dallas. I yeah, think Dallas, Dallas looks good. good, man. I think this is kind of set up for Dallas's run to the finals, man. Or at least like this is their chance—a real nice chance for Dallas to go deep. Let's let's hit this series because I think yeah, yeah. I I mean, shoot, I don't even know. I've liked Dallas. Pretty much all year because I I I think I said it on the pod too. I'm like this is kind of like the Celtics of the West where yeah. like they got so many dudes. They all know their role. They all bought into Jason Kidd's system. And um, I don't know. I I don't know. What do you, What do you think? Does this Does this tell you more about Dallas or more about Utah? Because I have so many. Every time I try and boost up Dallas from this series, I end up tearing down Utah. Every time I try and talk up Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie. It comes with me tearing down Donovan Mitchell's defense. I think if Dallas wins this series and they close out Utah, 
then then let's talk because there there's still there's still potentially two games left and anything can happen there. I need to see Dallas move on. Once I see Dallas move on, then I'll be willing to give them the respect. And s- same goes for Utah. There's still two games left. But last night, holy crap! Like I'm not I'm not even lying. Like I knew Dallas won last night. I didn't realize it was a black was holy smokes. But Luca coming back has just been huge for this team. Like they're already even without him. Dallas had it a series. Like honestly, without him, I was like, they still can find a way to win this series. And that's what I'm saying. They have a good enough team that they were able to to stay afloat. And honestly, that's all you can ask for. Without your star player, that's all you can ask for is to be able to stay afloat. And the Mavericks did that. Now you got Luca back, and Luca's looking like Luca. And you got Brunson doing his thing. You got Dinwiddie doing his thing, and fin- like this is th- the Mavericks are a good team, man. Like I know I picked Utah in this series because I, I knew th- it was honestly a fairly even matchup when I looked at it. But also, I'm like I wanted to give the the Jazz a chance here. I'm like I know they have and Luca's injury. I was taking Luca's injury into consideration as well that the Jazz will have a chance at winning the series. But you know me, I like the Mavericks a lot, man. I love Luca. He's one of my favorite players in the league. So if they want to win this, I'm indifferent. But for Utah, it's it's you, it's it's one of those series where you gotta look at yourself as an organization, not even a team. As an organization, you gotta look at yourself and be like, what what are we doing, right? Like this is what now four years in a row, three years in a row. I don't even know where you have a team that has a legitimate shot at at making a run to the Western Conference Finals, maybe even a Finals, and you can't even make it out of the first round. Well, last year they got to the second round. They had a chance, and they blew it against the Clippers. So, I don't know. It, it definitely tells me a lot about both teams, to be honest. But I got to wait to see till the series is over. I know it's 3-2 right now for Dallas. I got to wait to see how the next game or two pans uh, out here. I, I feel like this is way, like, so much more of a lopsided series than it feels like. Like, uh, Utah should have won both of them in Dallas. They let one if, go. If Luka played from day one... I think this series might have been over by now. 100%. It's funny because the first game he comes back, they lose. But it's like... Barely, man. That was barely. You know, it's like whatever. Like, this series is done, dude. Like, the way they have... And Cleveland didn't go crazy yesterday. But he, the way he's gone in this series. And they just pull Gobert out. And it's just like, they when you pull him out... And then it's like Brunson's got the little midi he loves to get to. It's not even a mid-range shot, but it's like in between a layup and a mid-range. He likes to get – it just opens up the lane for him, opens up the lane for Dinwiddie, opens up the lane for Luka. And it took – because Kleber had that big-time game uh, where he had like 16 or whatever, five threes. Then though, now it's – since then it's been the guards just penetrating, penetrating, penetrating. And all three of those guards, Luka, Dinwiddie, and Jalen, None of them really are love to shoot. You know what I'm saying? They don't really yeah. love to shoot yeah. the three. So you pull Gobert out, and all of them just love to go to the rim. They love the contact, and they're all good finishers too. So this series feels like it's done to me. We'll see what happens in the next game for that. I think I, – I don't know. I don't know why I keep – I feel like if I, if I was a Jazz fan, I would just be losing my mind at this point. But, like, I'm not – I'm completely indifferent. But, like, I, I for some reason, I still feel like I have somewhat of faith in the Jazz to at least make it to a Game 7. But after seeing the score of last night's game, oh, Jesus, God. I don't, I don't even care if the game's in Utah. Dallas Dallas probably got a shot to, to win that game, man. And the way Luka's been playing since he came back, yeah, I can I could see Dallas moving on. And honestly, you're not far off with, with Dallas making it. Western Conference Finals run here, man. They they can absolutely do it. But the thing is, I thought Dallas had a good shot last year. I thought a good shot the year before that, and they couldn't get past the Clippers. So that's why I'm saying I want to see Dallas finish off Utah. Then let's talk about how far the Mavericks can go. Hey, a Luka Tatum Finals. Oh my for lord! For the new face of the league, put that, it in. Just fun. Just um, fun is the only word that comes to mind, man. Uh, let's hit this um this Golden State one. I think here, I mean, I'm a bit surprised with how well Draymond has done with Jokic. I mean, Jokic is still putting up numbers these last few games. He had like 37 the other day, 35, I think, the day before that. Or, and I don't know. He's just still putting up numbers. But the way Draymond is making him work and Jordan Poole, the way he's lighting it up, bro, I think Golden State's for real. 
the fact that we're even sitting here talking about the Mavericks making a run and and Phoenix is a you know a, a, a sure thing, bro. The, the the Golden State Warriors are still there, man. They are still there. Like they like we nobody should should look past this team. Like Steph's coming back, he's he's looking more like himself. Clay Thompson's looking like himself. Now that's a scary sight because he hasn't really looked like himself really all year long. And now in the playoffs, he's dropping thirty two and twenty nine or twenty six in his last two games. He's playing well. Draymond's playing well. Jordan Poole is playing well. Like the Warrior, dude. The Warriors, like people cannot forget. Like we're, here we're saying, oh, if Phoenix loses to New Orleans, Dallas can go to the finals. They look. They Golden look. State sitting here like how <laughs> they're, they're looking at that. Prison. Well, damn. Look at look at our chances. Don't you think they look the best out of any team in the West? Like right now, it would have to be them coming out the West. No, no question. And that's what I've been saying like for the last three weeks is Golden State is back in the playoffs, man. And I know they've had injuries, but if these guys get healthy, which they are, they're looking like it right now. This is trouble because this is a team that went to four consecutive NBA finals and nobody should ever give me the whole KD crap because they are well capable of doing it without him. They did it twice without him. They made the finals twice without him. This Warriors team is absolutely capable of getting back, man. You, nobody should ever look past them. They went to four straight finals. They, they, they got the same cast of characters, just, you know, swapping a few dudes. Andrew Wiggins, the Jordan Poole, the, the newbies. The rest of this lineup is pretty much the same squad that, that went to four straight titles. You hear the nickname... You know their death lineup, right? That they used to run. Their new, yeah. their new vamp death lineup is called PTSD. Poole, Thompson, Steph, Draymond. <laughs> That's great. That is so great. Um, but I do worry though for that team because I don't think Thompson is the same at all defensively. Like True. he, to Good me, point. to me, he was like the best. Like honestly, probably the best three and D player of all time. You know, yeah. like. Him, if they go up against, you know, like the Luca, I don't mm. know who's gonna check him because I don't yeah. think Thompson can is at that level again where he would yeah. he can cover your best player. So, and honestly, I don't know it's gonna be like the same where Poole and Curry are gonna get hunted, and they're undersized a little bit. You know, how much is Looney gonna play in some of these games? But for sure, right now they look like the best team. Still not bought in completely though. No, that, that's totally fair to say that because we've had such a limited sample size of this team, right? The 21-22 the, the Golden State Warriors team. And that's totally fair, right? We've only seen uh, Clay, Draymond, like you, and Steph only a few put, games here. If you put one of Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. in this series, I think that changes completely everything. Oh, like absolutely. Yet, one, no, of no. Those du- one of those dudes... Is averaging thirty in this series because of all the attention Jokic draws. Yeah, but that's that's not something like you know we didn't know. Everybody knows that Denver's down three one because we all know that it's Jokic, 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 and Jokic. They don't have they don't really have anybody else that kind of although last so the last game it was Monte um, Morris, right? Yeah, and, Morris, and it, Gordon and dropped honestly, in twenty one. That was a, a all time week. Like they should have won that game if it wasn't for Wiggins. Doing Wiggins things like the, he that missed Duncan. Oh my god! Yeah, no, but, the way they were, the Warriors were shooting the ball late in that fourth. I yeah, they it, it the series should have been over. But that's what I'm trying to say. It's like if you, it's this is like remember I I, I totally missed on this because I was saying this is like the worst matchup possible for Golden State. Turned out to be the best matchup possible for Golden State. Like if you because there's no like Monte Morris is gonna beat you one game. Fine, take it. Aaron Gordon is going to have one good game. Fine, take it. But, like, if they – I would honestly be more scared of Minnesota and the way Anthony Edwards – like, who would have to guard Anthony Edwards? True. You know what I'm saying? True. So, I completely misread this because I thought this was going to give him trouble. Turned out to be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, I was surprised Willis Day was up 3-0. I'm not surprised the series are 3-1 right now. Like, I thought the Warriors were going to take this and they're going back to Golden State now. So, it's, it should be a dub for them, but – We'll see what happens there, but I absolutely no, but nobody should should be looking past the Warriors. Absolutely not. And I think the if the Grizzlies go and play them, 
I think it'd be a fun series, but I I would still favorite the Warriors with from their side of the bracket to get to the conference finals. But I don't know. It's again, it's another really sucky situation for Denver because again, this is another opportunity, right? Where we all know if they had their guys there, Michael Porter and Jamal Murray, this absolutely would have been a different series. So it would have last year and the year before that. Let's round it out with this last one here, man. I think um, I'm honestly super impressed, super duper impressed. I I think it was it was game three when Minnesota had two separate twenty point leads, and they blew yes. the game. <laughs> that game was crazy. And honestly, after that, you're down two one. I'm like, this is a wrap. Carl Anthony Towns was just being stupid like he always does, and. And this is meanwhile, while Jaws had such a bad series because Patrick Beverly's done an, amid- an unbelievable job on, pa- on Jaw. He's had a bad series. But then you let, you know, Tyus Jones has had a good series. Desmond Baines had a good series. Yeah, Baines um, been great. I knew, I knew this one was not going to be this. Uh, after seeing the first game, I'm like, Steven Adams is not going to get any more time in this whole series. He actually went down to zero minutes, like the whole series, which is pretty funny. But I'm impressed because then the game after that, I'm thinking, yo, these guys are done. The game after that, Carl Anthony Towns bounces back. Huge game. He has like 33, and they win. And this, shoot, we're all tied up. And Josh still hasn't had his game yet, which, I mean, I, I think it, he's due. Like, he's actually due. No matter how defense, how good one dude's defense is on you, you're due for one good game if you're that kind of guy. But we're sitting here 2-2, man. I don't know. This is a, this is a real series. It's been a weird one, honestly. Like, we've seen the highs and lows for both teams. We've seen Minnesota steal game one, and I was like, wow, like, the, the, the Timberwolves, are, you know, maybe their, their celebration of the playing game, you know, wasn't an over-exaggeration. They look pretty damn good. But then you're looking at Memphis, and you're like, what the hell? Like, this is a team that's the second seed in the West, 56 wins. You know, what, what the hell's going on here? Then you got game two. Memphis comes back, and now they're – this is I like this series a lot because you have two young teams that don't really they're not really used to playoff winning. You know what I'm saying? We were opposed to a Golden State or a Phoenix, and now the Phoenix is more experienced. Last year they weren't, but this, a veteran team what in Memphis's position does not let that game four lose. No way, absolutely not. But because both teams are so young, even though Memphis may be a two, it's it may be a two versus seven. This series is a lot like a 4-5 matchup because they're both very even in terms of experience and honestly, kind of talent too, to be honest. Minnesota has a lot of talent. I like the way Chuck Chuck sums up Minnesota so well. He's like, they are the most talented team, but the most dumb team that he's ever seen. Honestly, I can kind of agree with that because Minnesota, they're, they go through these, these insane highs and then these insane lows. And Memphis is kind of like that too, which is why this series has just been a roller coaster of emotions. I would, I would hate to be a fan of either of these teams because you just like, you know, on cloud nine and then you're at rock bottom like two minutes later. That game that you just mentioned, I think that was game four. Three. This, is, three, this three, last three. game. Game was, three. It was mental. Absolutely mental that that, that happened. Like, it's just absolutely nuts. So... I don't, I don't even know what to say, man. But these games have been you know, hella close, too. Real and close. And it's like, to me, it's like um, one of the things, every time I buy into Jaron Jackson, I'm like, oh, this guy, top three defensive player of the year. Look at how many blocks he gets. Um, he's just shut down Cat. Then the next game, he'll get fouled out. And I'm like, on some dumb, dumb fouls. And I'm like, bro. And then same thing with Cat. I'm like, yo, Cat just had a crazy good game. Like, this dude is finally getting the time to show his talent. And then the next game, he'll get completely locked up, and he'll get fouled out. And I swear Cat's fouls might be some of the dumbest fouls I've ever seen in my life. And it's, like, <laughs> complete – like, they're, like, he fouls a dude 93 feet away from the basket. And I'm, like, you do not – why are you picking up your fifth foul doing that? It doesn't make no sense. So, like, both of these teams are just, like, watching them. I'm just like, oh my god, why are you doing that? And like, Jaws taking a step back through. I'm like, bro, you're, why, why would you take that right now? And then sometimes, he's like four for thirteen, but he'll do this crazy up and under. Or Anthony Edwards will do yeah. this unbelievable thing. Like this series is just, it hurts my brain. It's like it's honestly like watching a super high level AAU game. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's exact. That's a great way to put it because that's what I'm saying. You have two teams 
who are not used to this stage, but they're playing with such intensity that it's going back and forth. And when each team wins, it's like they just won the finals, right? Like you said, the Timberwolves won a freaking play on uh, play in game, and that you would have thought that it would have like game six of the NBA finals. The Grizzlies made that now, the Grizzlies have every right to be going hype after what they went through. And yes, sorry, my apologies, that was game three. Where they they outscored Minnesota thirty seven to twelve in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you have every right to be hyped, but Memphis was like, "Oh, you all these people that were hating on." It's like, dude, you guys are the two seed. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like y'all are supposed you, to be how doing. How do you this. get down twenty two separate times? That's what that's what I'm saying. So you have two teams, and exactly, I you said it perfectly. It's like watching an AAU game because you you have two teams who don't they're not used to this stage, and now you got two two. These next, honestly, I could totally see this game going to a game seven because, again, the highs and lows of this series have just been mental. And a game seven would be ridiculous between these two teams with how they've been handling themselves throughout the series. It's been it's been a weird series, but a fun one at the same time. And the winner of this would play a Pelican Suns matchup, too, right? Which I'm like, no, no, no. Pe- Pelicans has one eight, so oh, this sorry, would sorry, be sorry. Yeah. this would be a Golden State, Golden State, Golden State, um, yeah, yeah, Denver. And um, fine. I mean, that's perfect to me. I'm um, like, let let's get, let's limit, you know, the final four teams in the whole league, final eight teams. Like, we want to get rid of these, these, these guys aren't aren't ready for the it, like Golden no. State. When Golden State plays one of these two teams, it'll literally be like yeah, done. the most like uh, like. Golden State will just be doing like backdoor cuts on them, like some more like you know like old man versus young man type deal over here. Oh yeah, no one of them is gonna get humbled, no question. And it's it's one of those things where it's like again they're gonna enjoy this series, but the winner of this series is gonna have so much emotion from this series. They're just gonna be exhausted, and exactly, it's probably gonna be Golden State, and they're just gonna run through hoops against them. So that's probably how it's gonna end up. And then whoever wins this this Grizzlies Wolves series, it's like. All right, get some run in the second round, get some experience, and call it a day. But then again, we thought that about the Pelicans, and the Pelicans are tied 2-2. But then hey. again, if something happened to Steph or Clay, it's a different story, and that's what happened with Phoenix with Booker going down. But you know what? The Pelicans um, and Minnesota, both of them are kind of in the same spot that Phoenix was in during the bubble, and or even Memphis was in last year, right? Yeah. And who knows? This could really set up a nice leap for them next year because who would have thought Memphis would have been where they are right now, right? This is all based off of last year, working in the play and getting that. They stole game one in Utah, the same situation, and that experience matters. It could honestly yeah. set up a big leap for next year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For both of these teams, like Minnesota, again, they just they, they need to learn. I think that's yeah. the best way. They Minnesota need... and New Orleans. I mean, yeah. bro, Anthony Edwards ain't even allowed to drink yet. He's New Orleans. <laughs> but New Orleans, I get a, a lot more of a sense that they're playing hard, but it's weird. I feel I feel a lot more be- – I guess you know what it is. New Orleans is a young team, but they have guys with playoff experience, right? CJ has been there. Uh, JV has been there. Right, you have a few guys that have been there in the playoffs. I think that's why it doesn't seem like they were a young team. This game, it's like every single get like the Grizzlies even, win a game, they're like, "Oh my god, you'll be winning." I think probably Pat Bev has the most playoff experience, but Pat Bev is Pat the, Bev most active, irras- yes. is the most irrational person. Like he's not the vet that you want. No, yeah, to teach you <laughs> playoff. You know, exactly. Yeah, that's like that's exactly it. Again, Pat. Like one of the inexperienced kids on the team, right? He's the one you'll celebrate taking his jersey off after the play and win. Like, oh, Lord have mercy. I, I don't even know, man. Hey, so I'm loving it, man. I'm loving these playoffs. This is just nonstop. It's heating up. It's heating up now, man. These series are getting better. But at first, I think I got off to kind of a slow start, but it's really heating up right now. I think I, I said it. I think we both agreed in the East. I think Milwaukee, Boston, two best teams in the East. I think we both agree that if they meet um, in the next round, the winner that probably going to represent the East in the finals. And then in the West, I'm just going to say as of right now, my top three teams in this Phoenix, Golden State, Dallas. I think what, what, one of those three teams is, is going to the finals. Uh, Phoenix, Golden State, Dallas. That's not even a question to me. You can't, that's not even a take, bro. That's like the three best teams by far. Literally. Yeah, but you just, you, you know, put them in order. Put you had to order, weed them out. Put them in order. 
Right now, okay, but are we considering the injuries? We're considering Just sit, the, like straight up how you see it right now. Right now, right this very minute. Golden State, Golden State, Phoenix, Dallas. I just I can't I can't put like right now Dallas is playing the better ball, but they have their star back. You know what I'm saying? I said mm-hmm. Phoenix, I can't discount like Phoenix is hard. And it may be two and two, but this is a team that's been the best team all year long. Like I just I cannot count them out yet. Hey, that dude better come back quick though, because they facts. C, C, CP can't do it. Every no, night he cannot. He can. He can definitely not. They need. They need Devin Booker badly, and these these injuries are proving to be a pretty big storyline, right? Thus far in the thing, right? You had so early on it was Luca with Dallas, right? He's now back mm-hmm. and he's balling. Golden State, we weren't sure about though. Their stars, they're back. Yeah. They're balling now. Booker got hurt. Embiid got hurt. So, Middleton got hurt. Middleton, I saw like the injuries. Robert Williams came back. And then you have Butler and, and Lowry out for the Heat. So yep. the injuries are a big storyline so far. Hey, it's always, it's, that's always the case. The healthiest team going to win, you know? That's oh, no question. Works. No question. Without a doubt. But yeah, man, this should be, this should be good. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. Let's do it, man. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter. Catch y'all next week. We made an episode without talking about Debo Samuel drama. We were an hour without it. Thank Lord. Thank you. Hey, this... You didn't like my tweet I sent you, huh? Okay, I see. I, was... <laughs> I, I fully expected it. But no, I can't, I can't laugh. I didn't laugh at it at first. I can't even lie. But it is what it is. Oh, yeah. The NFL draft is on Thursday. B and I know absolutely nothing about this year's draft class. There's like, I don't even think half the GMs even care about the draft class. But it is what it is. But yeah. Anyways, we'll see you all next week. And we'll see. Will the Philadelphia 76ers survive? Will they be there? Or will we be talking about the Raptors moving on in the next round? We'll see what happens there. And then we could potentially be previewing a Milwaukee-Boston second round. So can't wait next week. Should be fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked. We have a lot more NBA playoff content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.